Good morning everyone, welcome to episode 5 of Yogi Breakfast Club. I really hope you enjoyed episode 4 with Frances from Blossom Yoga Wear. She's so lovely and I really think that that shone through in the episode and hopefully you've gone over to check out her leggings on her website and maybe even purchased a couple of pairs for yourself. So I hope you enjoyed that. Today we are joined and I'm very excited to say by Bob Inslee. I've been told lots about Bob through my teacher training. We use all of his anatomy um, information and I've just heard so many amazing things about him. I have been to one of his workshops in the past. I was fortunate enough to go to one before he retired. I had a great time, but I didn't really, really get to know him in that workshop. So to have the opportunity today to sit down with Bob is just amazing. So I hope that you enjoy the episode. Um, we spoke for so long that I'm actually going to make this two episodes. So this week will be the first one and the next part will come next week. Because when you're in the company of Bob, you just want to sit back, listen and enjoy the journey of his words. So I hope that's what you get to do today. So before we get on with the episode, just another quick thank you to Fantai for their sponsorship of this season. I took my Fantai yoga mat along and I sat on it as I spoke with Bob. So enjoy the show and enjoy his words. So, hi Bob, thank you hi, so Tess. much for joining me on the mat today. Privilege, thank you. Thanks <laughs> it's for inviting so me so lovely to meet you so thank you so much for joining me i shall enjoy it i'm sure oh i've heard so much <clears throat> about you <laughs> whenever people say that i begin to panic <laughs> <laughs> i have been to one of your workshops previously um out in um oh i can't even think where it is now it was in your last venue not your new one that you oh right finished in, the, in, in the tiny village yeah in the yeah. village hall oh it's lovely place we were there yeah it was a brilliant yeah, day um i believe we were working on warrior poses on that particular that's workshop. right yes i do remember yeah yeah so that was it was great to be on that and one of your one of your last ones in that venue and then since you've retired now yes yeah, yeah. i just decided that um <clears throat> When it begins to hurt, yeah. and it's not sweet discomfort anymore. Sweet discomfort is great. But when it begins to hurt, it's time to have a serious think about what you're doing. Because if you're not thinking about it's hurting, that's not yoga. No, no, it's not. <laughs> exactly. No, it's <clears throat> most definitely not. Um, I have heard lots about you from Zoe um, through my teacher training as well we use your anatomy book um, oh yeah it's still going is it yeah. oh it's fantastic yeah. i'm glad it's being used in fact i'm <clears> using <throat> it later today because my i need to submit a posture um profile <laughs> so, <laughs> i know i know all about the posture profiles so. yeah so your anatomy <clears throat> book will be um coming out tonight for me to be looking at another posture so for me it's a joy that it gets used mm. you know because i spent a lot of time doing it mm. But if it's just for me, then it's, there's no point in doing it. No, no. <clears throat> if you can't share it, you're wasting your time. Yeah, that's a yeah. good way of looking at it. Yeah. Well, it definitely gets used. Um, I printed mine out. I I binded it and put covers on it and made a little title page that says Bob's Anatomy Book. <laughs> I should have brought it with me. <laughs> Bob's <show> Anatomy. <laughs> I'll take a picture. As if I'd it. invented anatomy. <laughs> 
Bob's Anatomy book, and it gets used a lot by all of us. Oh, so that's thank, good. thank you very much for your hard Absolute work. Absolute pleasure. Absolute <laughs> pleasure. So you've welcomed me into your garden. So thank you with B. How are you both doing in lockdown? Oh, it's it's simple. Yeah. It's it, it's I think because at the beginning we assumed that we would be locked down until September. Mm. And if that's the long-term strategy strategy that you have, then nothing is surprising. No. You know, so we've got so much of what we want here. We've got this garden, you know, and I tinker about with the flowers and... Behind is the workshop where I make, I just love making things. All these boxes I've made. and Oh, wow. I would say about, in our house, I would have said I've made 90% of the furniture. Because really? I, I like making things. So it's not to be a clever dick, it's just because I like doing it. And then there's that, which is the music studio. <clears throat> really? Yeah, well, my son uh, was a jazz pianist. He's now works in... Um, in video for for big companies all around the world, but he's uh, so he used to have his piano in there. <clears throat> because now he's not here, obviously, and I learn I'm learning to play the saxophone in there. So wow! So I get down there an hour every day and play. So Do you? <clears throat> yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, we could have some yoga music. <laughs> I, I don't know that everybody would like the sort of saxophone I play. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love all the old standards. So yeah. you know. Um, Tracks like At Last with Etta James and oh, <clears throat> wow. Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I played that every night while we were doing it, playing it for the for the nurses. Clap for the <clears throat> NHS. Yeah. Really? So instead of clapping, because I belong to a school, they said, all saxophone players go out on Thursday night, don't clap, play Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Wow. And the school is quite big. I think it's about four or 5,000 of us in it. Saxophone really? school, yeah. Is it online or? Yeah, it is. Nigel McGill's Sax School. You have to be very careful how you say it. Well, it's yeah. Sax School. <laughs> yeah, it goes terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I play. I, you know, it's just that. So, how can I get bored? No, no. I've got all the books I want indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Bee's Company. We have a laugh most of the time. Bee yeah. and I. Um, I'm an avid news watcher, reader, and listener. I love sport and it's on the TV. Mm. Uh, it's just given me the opportunity to study at ease. I'm not under pressure to, if I want to read a particular subject. Mm. Um, so philosophy, again, I've been hammering away at that again, trying to understand what philosophy is. And mm. <clears throat> reading, and my, my Bible is Lao Tzu's Tao Te Ching. I mean, when I do my daily cast, five yeah. minutes of news... I always read um, a quote from Lao Tzu at the end. Oh, wow. So it's, and sometimes it makes no sense to me. Yeah. But you just quote it and, and see, <clears throat> see what people think, you know, because yeah. philosophy is, is up here yeah. and it's in your head what it means, not anybody else's. So. so that one thing that you could say might not mean anything to you that day, but to someone who you're sending it to, to exactly. see the world on that particular yeah. day. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, the, the classic one is, What's there has value, what's not there has usefulness. Mm. Um, so if you think <clears throat> that cup is only useful because you've got a space to pour the tea in it. Yeah. So you buy the cup, but you get the space with it for nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, and you can apply it any way you like. Yeah. And that's one that I kind of sticks with me. But, you know, I read them and people will write in and say, that made real sense to me today. Mm. And I think, it didn't to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's that's fine. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. I had um, <clears throat> I had an experience quite similar, where um, I put out. So I did a outdoor class. Um, it was a it was actually yogi breakfast club morning where we did a yoga class and then we went into um a local barn um that has it's a cafe in there we had breakfast afterwards it was such a lovely morning but i put some cards down on everybody's mat at the end and i said obviously you can just choose to read this quote today or you can choose not to read this quote today it's completely up to you but i've i've put it on your mat for a reason i guess and one of my friends was actually there on the morning and she turned over her card, said nothing to me about it until a couple of weeks later and told me that she'd actually um, handed in her notice from her job. Really? Yep. She <clears throat> had a child. She was on maternity leave and she was beginning to think about going back to work afterwards. And um, she was torn between what to do and I can't remember the exact words on the card but whatever was said on the card made her realise she needed to stay with her daughter and not go back to work so she she didn't and um, she said it was just that moment she needed she needed that sentence to be said to her to know what to do <clears throat> and we never know what the sentence is or when it's going to come no and how useful it will it be when it arrives but <clears throat> if you listen Mm. And I'm a good talker, but I, I have the <clears throat> I have the failing of sometimes I don't listen, so I have to learn mm -hmm. to listen more. Mm -hmm. And but I think that's that's what what I've learned is that and yoga does that for me. It makes you start thinking about things, you know, instead of just yeah. It's I'm Bob. I'll always be Bob. I'll always tell jokes if I'm teaching. I can't help it. But <clears throat> I also need to use these as well as this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very much actually the same. I've began to listen a lot more through doing yoga. When I first sat down in the group sessions at teacher training, I think I talked too much to the point that um, one of the tutors recommended the talking sticks for that particular group that I was in. <laughs> oh, so you still got them, actually? <laughs> yeah. um, so I then thought, uh-oh, I think I might be talking a bit too much. So... I actually do say very little now in the group um, discussions because I just take it as an opportunity to listen. Yeah. <clears throat> and I do that with students now as well, actually listening to them, although I do talk a lot whilst teaching. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's that's your style. You mustn't... What you mustn't do is lose your style. Don't try and yeah. become, I'm going to be just a listener and mm. somehow guide them. No, you, but be you. Yeah. Do you know the best piece of advice I ever had when I first started teaching, and that was, oh, no. over 30 years ago. And my first teacher was a girl called... Um, I can't remember her name now. But they said to me, the head of the centre said, don't be a Mark II, your teacher, be a Mark I Bob. Yeah. And, and that's because the people that like Bob will stay with Bob. Yeah. And if they don't, they'll, they'll find the teacher they do like. Yeah. So you can't, no. you can't please all of the people all of the time. No. So. And you'll always get caught out. If you always try and be something that you're not, you will get caught out because you can't do that. You can't sustain that forever. No. You <clears> have to just be yourself. And I do, I do talk quite a lot. I do give a lot of instructions, but more so I think I'm noticing that at the moment on Zoom because... 
of Mind you, you have to, to on Zoom, don't you? Yeah, I'm having to give a lot more. So I do think I'm talking quite a bit more on there, although trying to have some quiet moments. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I also talk about random things whilst teaching, like that my daughter was at the window with a burger looking at me the other week. And I said, I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm really distracted because <laughs> my daughter is at the window with a burger. <laughs> I mean, sometimes <laughs> when I, B and I have always talked together. Yeah. And I'm I stand out front, you know, and and show off, and and you know I'll start telling a story, and suddenly B will say, "Don't ask me why he does that. He has no idea he's doing it. It just happens." But that's that's the way you are, isn't it? Yeah. And that that's the, you'll attract the people that like you. Yeah. So if somebody wants a, a very very serious yoga class, you know, I was never come to me. No, they wouldn't come to me because either. I have to tell I have to tell ridiculous jokes as well, you know. And of course, I like new people because they've not heard the same old jokes. <laughs> and then you get the laughs from those, yeah, yeah. and the others are like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's that one. I can remember once saying to a friend of mine, David, and I said to him. David, you must be sick to death of these same old jokes. I'm going to have to get some new ones. He said, no, don't. Stick with the old ones. Yeah. We can have a laugh at you yeah. as well. <laughs> so it changes <laughs> from laughing at the joke to laughing, laughing at the at tutor. You. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> How it changes. That's the journey. That's, it, that's it, yeah. yeah. So we all know that you have, <clears throat> you are very popular in yoga. You've attracted the people that are right for you to attract, the yeah. people that like your teaching, like your style like your jokes <laughs> how take us back when because i don't know anything about when you started yoga and what was your journey uh, okay it, it started interestingly enough with judo oh. uh, i took judo up quite late in life i was i was 40 when i took judo up and uh, <clears throat> the trouble with taking judo up at that age most of them are young so to them you're a father figure which means they can throw their dads about Oh. Um, but it was great fun, and uh, grading, I damaged my right knee. And I tried to go back to it, and lots of the throws in judo are over the knee. And I just realised that, Bob, you're going to have to, you're going to have to stop. Mm. And B had been doing yoga for, uh, yoga for about 18 months, <clears throat> and she said, come to yoga. And I'll be honest, my thought was, yoga? What, it, it, fancy stuff? That's not for me. And then all of a sudden I remember a voice in my ear, which is my dad's, don't say you don't like it till you've tried it. Mm. So I went along and tried and I was useless. I was stiff. <laughs> I couldn't. So every, most of them were women in the class. Yeah. <clears throat> and, but I just, um, I just gave it all I had and injured myself lots more because I did. Yeah. But that was, was my nature. <clears throat> and that was the beginning of the journey. Mm. And... Uh, I met Derek Ireland, and we worked with him for a while in London, and then went to the practice place in Crete. Uh, <clears throat> and he was—he had a—he had a physique to die for. And he, unfortunately, was very handsome as well, which oh. made it even worse. <laughs> <clears throat> but there was just something about his natural ability to do it, uh, and he talked very naturally as well. And we kind of. He inspired me. I can remember, there's a lovely story about Derek because he was hero-worshipped. Mm. You know, I, I saw him because I used to play as a, as a young man. I was a goalkeeper and Derek was also a goalkeeper. Really? For a Sunday, only Sunday football. Wow. So we had that kind of in common, you know, and we chatted a couple of times. And then one day somebody said to him after the practice session, Derek, would you demonstrate head balance? 
So I said, yes, of course. Now, what he demonstrated on was, was concrete floor. So I said to him, Derek, do you want me to get you a mat? He said, you better not, Bob. It spoiled the image. But he knew it was just an image. And that's, that's what I liked. He said, I'm giving them what they want. Yeah. yeah. He said, if they want me to, you know, to, you know and, and I thought, he's, he's doing it, but he knows full well, there's no side with him. He's just being, you know, yeah. giving the customers what they want in many ways. Yeah. And so he inspired me. And then I found, I, I just felt that with Ashtanga, I loved the series, and B and I just started the second series, so we finished the primary and was doing the second series. And somebody said, have you ever tried Iyengar? And I said, no. And I did feel even then that Ashtanga is, you're flying through the postures all the time. The only break you get is the vinyasa in the middle. And I, it wasn't giving me time to try to get a hook on the, the asana. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And Iyengar gave me that. Mm. So I kind of pushed I Ashtanga to one side, uh, and by then Derek had died. <clears throat> and um, we, we took up the Iyengar method with a guy called Ian Titley, who was a really nice man. We also worked with Ruth White, Ashtanga, um, Iyengar. But, but then, <laughs> this is my nature coming out again. <laughs> I thought to myself, they're telling me what to do all the time. Mm. They're telling me exactly what to do all the time. That can't be right. And, of course, <laughs> the minute you start asking questions, well, not for every tutor, but the Iyengar tutors I had, the minute you start asking questions, they say, don't ask questions, just do the practice. Well, that's like a red rag to a ball to me, don't mm -hmm. ask a question. <clears throat> so we started looking around, found Antonia Boyle. Have you heard of Antonia? Oh, <clears throat> if you get a chance to work with Antonia Boyle, grab it with both hands. She's inspirational. Really? And yes, Let's you, write that down. Yeah, jot that down. <laughs> Antonia <laughs> Boyle. Notes. <clears throat> she teaches NLP, uh, uh, Neural Linguing Program. And uh, she kind of said, yeah, asking questions is great, Bob. Mm -hmm. So we did the teacher training for the wheel with her. Yes. And through that met Zoe. Yes. Because <clears throat> she sat in on mine and B's course and we were training. Oh, wow. And then when Zoe started her first course, I sat in with Zoe. Oh. And then we, we did them together after that. And, you know, so, yes, Antonia, because she, she gave me permission mm. to ask questions. And then working with Zay, because we have a similar ideas but slightly different approaches, but it never clashed. Works. It worked. Mm. You know, we could, we'd chat about, and I learned so much from, from Zoe too, you know, mm. her take on strength, and I dragged that into my work where I could. Yeah. And then we started the holidays and we had 10 years of wonderful holidays in Mallorca. And that was fantastic. <clears throat> and the reason I stopped those was that I realised that after three days of teaching regularly, then the last few days of the holiday, I was managing on painkillers. Oh, really? So that, you know, it, directly that begins to happen. If you've not taken any notice, you're not doing yoga. Yeah. So, so I just, um, I thought it, it's time to stop the holidays. Yeah. And then I stopped the evening classes that I was teaching. And eventually the Sundays, and well, there were so many wonderful young teachers out there. Mm. You know, move over, Bob. Get, get the hell out of the way because I, I've, I, I don't know any more now. I, there's nothing, you know, I can have the odd original thought. 
Yeah. But my approach is what I hope some people have looked at and thought, yeah, I can use it or not use it. Yeah. And they'll change it because that's, that's what has to be because nobody would tell my jokes. <laughs> so why would they teach exactly the same as and me? And if they did, they wouldn't do them justice, it wouldn't, would they? It wouldn't be the same. <laughs> you know, you can't laugh at somebody, at, at, you know, perhaps quite beautiful and 25, 30 years of age instead of a 74-year-old man. Oh. <laughs> It's completely different, isn't it? So uh, that was the journey, really. And <clears throat> it's gone from the end. But as I say, about 15 years ago, I began to start not having what would loosely be termed a regular daily practice. Okay. But a mucking about practice. Yeah. <clears throat> so up in our yoga room, we've got um, it's the, one of the front bedrooms. Yeah. The whole wall is covered in mirrors. Oh, uh, okay. So I, I would sit in front of that and let's say Ada Matsya and Drasna. Mm-hmm. And I would try to understand what my body was actually doing while I was going through the process of mm. Arda Matsi Andrasana. Mm. So instead of just right leg over left, turn to the right, I would think, now what, what happens if I put the foot there instead of there? Mm. What happens if I don't sit down but sit up? Mm. What happens? Because you can do it, but a mirror lets you see what's happening. Yeah. And that's been my practice. I mean... Um, uh, the, the three warrior postures. Yes. But I teach them as one. Yeah. So it's it's a bowman, it's an arrow and a bow. And, yeah. and there is no archer. There's no Arjuna until you've got all three of them together. Yeah. Have you seen the photograph where Zoe, Hugh and me doing it together? I haven't, no. All right, so Hugh's the arrow, Zoe's the bow and I'm the archer. Really? And there's just a picture of me doing this looking like I'm holding Zoe's waist. Oh. And there's Hugh, you know, with a, a lovely Viridrasana. Oh, well, I haven't yeah. seen that. Yeah, Josh the Three, yeah. <clears throat> I'll send you a picture. I've got a picture somewhere. I'll oh, send I'd it to your to email address. Oh, I'd love to see that, yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know, and those sort of ideas began to come up. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of what my, my yoga asana journey has been, mm. is trying to get to know the postures and, and listening to what they say. And I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but not listening quite so much to what the tutor has to say. Yeah. Because the tutor, and I'm one, can only tell you what they feel. Yeah. You know, and in a class, if you're teaching 25, 30 people, how can I know what to do? How can any tutor know? So I think the key for every teacher should be not I'm here to teach you yoga. Mm. I'm here to create a space in which learning can take place. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you it frees the teacher. Yeah. Because the teacher can then ask questions of himself and the students. Mm. And until you begin to do that, my view is you're a teacher or you're a trainer and you're not a, a, a teacher. An yeah. inspirer of learning is what I would like to be referred to as. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to just teaching. Yeah, because it can feel quite um, sometimes, as not as a teacher, as, as just somebody doing yoga, you can be told to do something that just feels that your body just doesn't want to do it. But because you're being told to do that, you, you do feel it. that you have to do that. And I I must, and I've quite recently, you know, um, done that and not necessarily been kind to myself through doing it. And over the past month, I think I've really began to listen to myself, not as a teacher, just as a practitioner yeah, myself. Yeah, absolutely. And thinking, actually, I don't yeah. want to do that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to do that and I'm not going to, and I don't want to make my students ever feel that they have to do either. Um, so it's, it's, I suppose, being open to people to say, you don't have to do 
exactly what I'm telling you to do. This is your space to be as free as you want with what you do. You just take what I'm... Like I say to people, which is quite... As you can see, I like cake because I brought cake (laughs) along. (laughs) I really do (laughs) like cake. Quite excuse me, this lesson we're going to talk, it's all about cake. This I lesson. do talk about chocolate. So I say in my lessons that, and you might agree with this, might not, but this is what how I see it to everybody. I'm offering them a cake, a whole chocolate cake here. And this is how, how I'm kind of doing it. And there's all these different stages and all the stages together make this big chocolate cake. But today you might only want one slice of the cake and that's okay. Tomorrow, you might want three slices of the cake, and that's okay too. It's up to them to take as many slices of the cake as they want on that particular day. And every day is different. Our body feels different on different days. Um, so, yeah, everything tends to relate to cake in my classes, which isn't <coughs> overly great for everyone. Well, yeah, you see... <laughs> Get them hungry. But, but it's, it works. It, it works. It? And going back to what you were saying about... You said it, it, it didn't feel right. Mm. Well, you know, if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. Mm-mm. And, and no. so if, if you take something like um, a particular way of placing the hands, like yeah. the, the Iyengar method says they have to be placed mm. middle finger pointing forward. Finger, now, yeah. I did that for 15 years and I got tennis elbow in my left arm. Really? Yeah. Now, the reason I get tennis el- got tennis elbow is if I stood up and I showed you how my arms hang... Yeah. Is it on there or not? Is that working, that camera there? Yes. Yes. It, so yes, sh- it will go fast. It's okay. it's recording on hyperlapse, so it will go fast, but I can actually take a, a Let's snapshot. have a look at my hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So one face is in, one face is yeah. backwards. Yeah. So when somebody says, <laughs> middle fingers with both hands have to point forwards, Yeah. one of my arms is being twisted out of alignment. And it was my left arm that was being twisted, so I got tennis elbow, which I couldn't get rid of. So for years, I worked with one of those bands, you know, that alter the attachment of the muscle. And then I spoke with um, Pete Blackaby, do you know? Yes, I I haven't been to um, any of his uh, workshops, but I have heard great things. Uh, Go go and work with Pete. If you get a chance to work with Peter, Peter Blackaby. I'm going to have a listen. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's, he's a lovely man. But, you know, I, I learned loads and loads from Pete. And I just mentioned what had happened. He said, well, perhaps if you change the position of your hands. Mm. And it, it was just to sort of uh, have a think about it. So I came home and my, my left hand is now done like that. Yeah. And in eight days, I got rid of tennis elbow. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because that's what was right for because you. Because that's what's right for me. Well, you were talking about the cake thing. If you took it even farther mm. and take the constituents of a cake, sugar, flour, eggs, milk, water... Yeah. Why should you have that? Any, even a slice of the cake? Why not just have an egg? Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's the lot together that makes the cake. But if you're working on one part of the cake, yeah. And part of my cake was yeah. my elbow. Yeah. So on that that day, can you? Does that make sense? Well, it does. I'm going to go. Let's just let's move just away be crazy. from cake. Let's move to scones. <laughs> I know it's, it's quite. Um, uh, debatable scones or scones, but I'm a scones girl. <laughs> That's how I pronounce it. I can find that you can get the same taste in scone with sugar and without the sugar when I bake my scones. So you don't always need all the ingredients to make that final delicious posture at the end. 
it can be different for everybody where you take Absolutely. the different elements. Yeah. Just has to relate to food for yeah. me. <laughs> so, so I love food. Uh, if you t- I, t- I did a series of photographs uh, on, on hands because it became important to me, particularly mm-hmm. in dog posture. Yeah. And uh, now, I, towards the last few years, I've been teaching three quarters of an hour on hands before you do dog posture. Yeah. I mean, do we do it like this? Well, yeah. what happens if you do it like that? What about if you do it like that? Mm. What about if you do it like that? What about if you do them like that or like that or like that? Mm. And experimenting, just just finding a way, you know, that works for each individual. Yeah. And the great tutors, well, the better tutors acknowledge that they can only know about their own body mm. and they can just sort of give guidance and offer assistance to, to somebody who's, whose body is slightly different. Yeah. I mean, we, we work, I worked with a guy who was six foot nine. Oh. And uh, little Belinda, you know Belinda? Yeah. I mean, she's, what, about four foot 11? Oh, yeah. I mean, how can the instructions be the same for those two? <laughs> it's farcical, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? And, you know, that's, that's my route. That's, that's my journey. Yeah. Is uh, just acknowledging that we're all different. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm, <clears throat> when I... Um, I was doing, I can't remember what posture we were working on in, in teacher training. And it was, you know, inner elbows to face one another. Well, I seem to have really dodgy looking elbows from when I broke them when I was younger. Um, and, you know, it, they said they weren't broken. So I went for a number of, of days with, with them broken. So I think when they then did finally cast them, I'm slightly off on my positioning of the arm. And you could look at me and think that I'm really hyperextending, but I'm not. And funny, in the teacher training, I had a few of the tutors coming over to me and then they, they were ready to tell me I was hyperextending and then they looked and looked confused. And I said, you're looking where my elbows are different to everybody's. And they're like, yeah, and I, was, I know, they do. Um, and I tell my students, you know, don't look at my elbows. Don't judge your elbows on <laughs> mine. mine. Mine are mine. Yours <laughs> yeah. are yours. And it, that's the way it all works. It'll always look different, feel different, be different for everybody, won't it? Absolutely. I think, you know, if you take that, I mean, why, why, why should I do that? I'm just, why, why should I do that? Why should they look at where I'm at? Why can't I have them like that? Yeah. I don't, I like, <laughs> if if yeah. somebody said to me, because, and it was real, I'd say, gotcha. Mm. But the answer is, there is no answer. Yeah. The re- what is sadly quite often is because that's what they've been taught. So yeah. that's what they pass on. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the Iyengar system and I think it's a wonderful system for understanding the postures. Yeah. But my goodness me, does it, is it one suit covers all? Yeah. And that's, yeah, it, it's a madness. Yeah. It's, it is a madness, yeah. in my view, and I shall always think it's a madness. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, we're all different, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. <clears throat> um, one guy, actually, who um, is on teacher training, he actually says how it feels for him. So he's very much of, he looks at how everything feels. If it feels good, then it's good. Yeah. If it feels that it's not right, then it's not right. And I really like that simplicity of just how it feels for you and if it makes you feel good afterwards is that the goal yeah it has to be you know if somebody says to the the guy you must have the inner eyes of the elbows looking at one another and it has to be about here his first question has got to be why yeah yeah especially if it don't feel right yeah yeah that should be what we're doing and philosophy is exactly the same you know Mm. philosophy 
I mean, it's where they feed here all the dire time. Oh, really? So, so they're, looking, they're for looking for their food. They're looking for their food, yeah. So oh, it's they'll, they'll be back in a short while. Oh, anyway. that's so sweet. It, it's, um, it's, I, I don't know, We it, it's so easy to get into a strict way of doing it. I, I think yoga asanas should ask you questions every single day. Mm. When you do the asana, if it doesn't ask you a question, my view is you've missed the point of the asana. Mm. And philosophy is exactly the same. If philosophy doesn't ask you a question, and your answer mm. to it will be different to mine, mm. in, inevitably. Mm. So my daily practice, as, as I sort of wandered away from the point there, is pranayama and meditation. I do three quarters of an hour every single day. I get up, it's the first thing I do. I make beer, cup of tea in bed. Oh, first do job. you? Every oh, mo- wow. oh, yes. And then I come down and I do three quarters of an hour of pranayama and meditation. If we could just make a note to my husband that that would be the perfect <laughs> start to my day. <laughs> well, B does all the cooking. So let's be honest, if I can't make her a cup of tea in the morning, because I'm a, an earlier riser than B. So. Yeah. So, so that's my practice. And I come down and, and I... I love doing it. Outside? No, it, well, if I, if it, 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 but what if, now here's an interesting one for you. Okay. Meditation position. Yeah. Nah. No. Because now my back and knees ache. Mm. So, shall I tell you where I do my? Tell me. In an armchair. <laughs> Why not? So I sit up right back upright. Yeah. And I have the arms supporting my knees. Yeah. And I, my back doesn't ache. My knees don't hurt. What is the point in sitting like this for three quarters of an hour and all I'm thinking is, geez, my back's aching. Yeah. If that's what I was meditating on, an aching back makes sense. Mm. But mm. if you're not, if you're trying to do something with the mind... So, it and it's, ruins the point. Yeah. Ten years ago, you wouldn't have caught me sitting in an armchair to do... Um. I'm right, because I knew you had to be... You had to be upright and in the middle of a field to really have to do it. <laughs> Where's your secret space? Where's your special space? Yeah. It's in the armchair over there. Oh. Sun comes in and shines on me every morning when it's sunny. That's... Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. What a start to the day. Mm. And then when I go to bed, about 20 breaths. Meditation. That's all before I have a read because B and I are avid readers in oh. bed. We go to bed early, but we don't go to sleep early. Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I tend to be so that way. I just sit in sit against my back, up against the back of the bed, and just sit, legs long out in front of me. Yeah. 20 breaths. Nice, slow, long breaths. Mm. So it's I'm meditating quite... when I get up, when I go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Almost you're completing the circle of the day. Yeah, it is a circle, yeah. yeah. Which is what yoga is, isn't it? Hi, it's Just Tess. A quick break in the middle of the podcast to just remind you if you were looking for a new yoga mat to help with your home practice or maybe preparing for going back into classes at some point soon to head over to Fantai and use the code TESS21 and that will get you 20% off one of their gorgeous mats. Enjoy the rest of the show. So you've done that every day. You might be in the armchair, you might be in bed, but you're still doing it. Yeah, because it doesn't matter where you are. No. Yeah, it's nice to have a special place. Mm. But meditation is... I, 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 can I tell you a story? Please, yeah. About my meditation teacher, Martin Vermas. Oh, another one. Nothing Martin that's... Vermas. It's Martin, T-E-E-N. He's Dutch. Oh. Vermas. And he does a great course as well on meditation. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And he told us an interesting story when we first worked with him. And he said he was away on a, a retreat, a long retreat. And every morning <clears throat> before breakfast, they had to go out to the same place, sit down and meditate. Yeah. So he said, I'd meditate, come back, have breakfast. Yeah. He said, then one day I went out, came back, and it was dinner time. Really? So he, the time had gone. It disappeared. Because <clears throat> he'd been eased. Yeah. Because when somebody says, do you meditate? I always say, no, I practice. Yeah. Because meditation is that, you know, just occasionally I cult of, you can sense it, you know, that I, 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 you can't describe it. It's impossible. <clears throat> but he said he came back and the hours had passed. So he, you know, time for him in many ways had stood still. Yeah. You know, nothing had interfered. There was nothing for him to measure. And, you know, that was, uh, that was, that was Martin. And he changed my approach because he teaches open-eyed meditation. So oh. I do both. I do open-eyed and closed. Depends what I feel like. So. <clears throat> See, I find if my eyes are open, I get distracted. Is that the point? No, it's not. That you it, have to it, stop it, that. Uh, it, it's much easier to meditate with your eyes open. Because you can only be distracted by what you can see. So what, what can you see behind me? Yeah. Some gorgeous flowers, to be fair. Flowers, I'm Slightly envious yeah. of the flower <clears throat> situation right now. <laughs> if I ask you to, to close your eyes. Mm. And, close my eyes now. I'll and, do it. And, and see the Sydney Opera House. Can you see it? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it is so easy with your eyes open to not be distracted. By having nothing, all that rushes in because we're so eye-centred, all that rushes in is what we can see. Yeah. The minute you shut your eyes, you can go anywhere in the Sugarloaf Mountain, uh, the Great Wall of China. Yeah. And you're free to see all of those. The the telephone bill will rush in much easier with your eyes closed than with them open. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that quite true? I've never thought of it like that. Yeah, and that's, that's what Martin taught. That this this method of working with the eyes open. As I said, I work with the eyes closed as well. Look, they keep landing on the oh, fence. Oh, all the birds. <laughs> where's our like, food Where's gone? the tree gone? Yeah, <laughs> there's cakes. Oh, there is his cake. Sorry, <laughs> they're wondering if they can make their move. <laughs> is that cake for us or not? So, so Martin Vermas, I would recommend rec- recommend him, and of course my pranayama teacher Philip Sherry. Have you heard of Philip? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. you know, work with Philip. I I write that down, but I have. X-E-R-R-I, Philip Sherry. I'm trying to think what I've read, but I'll, I'll look at that later. But yeah, yeah. I do know. <clears throat> so, know uh, uh, and Philip, once again, he's a, a teacher, because I spoke all about Asana teachers, but <clears throat> Martin inspired me with meditation, uh, and Philip inspired me with, with pranayama. Mm. You know, so, you know, it's, uh, I've been very lucky with the teachers, and he's, a, yeah. he's such a delightful man as well. Philip, and uh, I mean, he really, it's the Gita Nanda system. Yeah. Yeah, with, yep. with the, with the, which is what I teach as well, you know, the, yeah. the Gita Nanda system. Yeah. So open-eyed meditation. And uh, uh, open-eyed, what am I talking about? Pranayama, Gita Nanda, Pranayama method. <laughs> 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 I hope that's on the regular You're in retirement, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What was that? <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of uh, where we are, really. So when you think all the way back to that first judo class and then coming into the pain and then thinking, actually, oh, I will give it a go, the yoga to help me. You had no idea that it would come to this. No. Yeah. So retrospectively, I was furious that I'd injured my knee. Yeah. But 
where would I have been if I hadn't injured my knee? Exactly. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. No. I wouldn't have had the amazing yoga journey that I've had and, mm. and the blessings of the people I've met and mm. had the honour to work with. You know, I'm just, I, I can't believe how lucky I am. No, and the retreats, as you said, you know, you did 10 years of the the yoga holidays yeah, the Mallorca, in, yeah. in Palma. I mean, I had such a lovely, lovely time. I used to love sweeping, you see, as well in the mornings um, because they had two palm trees. Yeah. And, you know, those palm nuts that, yeah. and they fall all the time. And... In the morning, it would be under everybody's mats. Yeah. So as an apprentice, I had to. I was an apprentice, so as an apprentice, you had to sweep up the factory. <laughs> so I just said, could I have a broom so that I can sweep it up? Oh. So um, the first morning, I, I swept it up. The second morning, the, the head nun was out there sweeping. She got up before me and she said, no, no, we are a service order in oh. Spanish. Now, we, we serve you. So I thought, I'm not having that. So I got up even earlier. <laughs> so I got up and got the broom and she came out and she went to me. But she let me sweep up. So I used to sweep up every morning. That was part of my... Oh. It was like a meditation, you know, once the broom starts going and you just get kind of a rhythm and there's... Yeah. So meditating with a broom. Yeah, and you had that gorgeous view as well. Oh, yeah, staggering. Yeah, it's such a lovely place. It's, it's a, it has so many fond memories. I, I loved it when the nuns were there. Yeah. They just, they added something really special. Mm. You know, it's a lovely place, but the best days were when the nuns were there for me. Really? Yeah. Because I've been twice now, and obviously the nuns had gone. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't get to, to experience it with them there. No, it's... Um, it, it it was it was extra special really because I made them a um, did you see the little stool I made is it still there in Where the garden the yoga in garden the, in the meditation garden yeah. down there yeah I believe so actually no I, I made the stool you see and I linked oh. yoga to Roman Catholicism oh. so the the three legs were everything was representational yeah. So I made that for them and they just made a little garden around it. So that was oh. there. I think it's falling apart now, I would think. But, uh, no, <clears throat> I went down there once. I went down there once. I'll go down next time. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with this year's um, uh, uh, Yeah, situation. I think tra travelling is going to be a, a challenge, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so unsure, but I, I'll definitely be going back at some point and then I'll I'll take some pictures for you and send them Oh, back. if it's still there, I'd love to see it. Yeah, all the cuts in the leg were representing... Oh, wow. So the eight limbs represented eight things from um, Roman Catholicism. I just sat down and researched. Yeah. And how much of it is, is so similar, you know, the, the eight limbs sit in there and there, there are eight aspects of Roman Catholicism or Christianity. And if you look, you, you can find... That yoga is has so much in common with Christianity, has so much in common with common with Islam, has so much in common with Buddhism. It's mm. yeah, you can't stop it no. being linked. No, and no. it's when we try to disseminate or, or break them apart and say they're different. They have differences, but they're not different. No, they all have the. I suppose everything has. When you really look at it, most things have a common theme if you like of actually just kindness to one another really yeah and when you actually look at and it's it's sometimes when things are taken into a negative way that the view on that changes but actually we're all linked 
with whatever religion or no religion <coughs> because everybody just wants that one goal anyway. <laughs> Turn off the oxygen, we all die. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And as, it sh as this situation has shown, how we can all be linked and one thing can hit us all just as equally. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden, wealth, etc. Living in a, a nice house or living in a hovel, yeah, there's no protection. No, you know it, it's yeah, and that's what make that's that's what we are as humanity, isn't it? And and it was one of the reasons I think that drove me to do the the, the good news morning. Thing. Yes, because as I say, being an avid reader, listener, watcher of the news, it's geez, it is doom laden. Now I, I understand there's nothing pleasant about people dying of a disease. No. I thought we can become so depressed. Yeah. So I just started researching. I think I've got about six sites I look at. So I've got two on COVID good news ah. and three or four on just good news. Yeah. And I just read through them every day. And, and you know, if you listen to the radio, there are interesting stories. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, it's constant. You know, so I do usually about five minutes. Every day, five minutes you every send day, out yeah. to your friends What's and family. That? Yeah. Just do it on WhatsApp. I think there's 60, 62 people on it now. That I think it, loads more people would actually like. I think this should become a kind of new trend on social media or something. It should be. It's just that <laughs> giving everyone the good news. We so, yeah, so many, so many people have said it's. I, I've, I've been. I like the news, but there's nothing new, interest. You know, nothing no. positive about it. So, that's it. Yeah, I think it's okay, about it. one thing from it. Oh, please, please do. Let's see what we've got. Let's um, see. Let's give it a go. Okay, one of the things that there's a real problem with is keeping places clean, like food warehouses, etc. Oh, yeah. But the real problem is the people that are going to clean them actually can catch COVID from it. Yeah. So a, a group of one of the universities, MIT, have developed a robot that cleans, cleanses COVID with nobody in there. Oh, wow. So during when there's nobody there, this robot goes around and cleanses Cleanses the buildings. Problem solved. Problem solved, yeah. There's a London family. They've sold their London home to rescue a coral reef in the Seychelles. Wow. That is, I mean, that's something else. That is, I mean, they have another home, I hope. That's where they're going, the Seychelles. Oh, they've bought an island. Oh, they've just, oh, wow. Sold everything so up. Wow. I mean, it's, you know, there's there's a bit there on... What um, a dream as well. Wow. How brave of them. Yeah. They're staggering, isn't it? Wow. So there's, you know, there's sort of eight or nine things there. Father and son have redesigned a beehive because so many people get stung by the bees when mm. they're getting... And, and the honey is on tap. So they've just designed the hive, the hive in a slightly different way so they can just draw the honey off without disturbing the bees. So you know, don't have to pump smoke into them all the time. Oh, right. So... You know, it's, that's, there's good news out there all there the time. There is good news. You should have seen the one yesterday where the uh, a purple, person in a boat with his wife was just sailing along on a, a river in a, in a, a lake in, in America. Yeah. And they saw a bear, a young bear with a, a plastic jar stuck over its oh, head. Oh, no. And they chased after it, pulled it off its head, and it it oh, would have died really? if they hadn't oh. been on the river. What good news. Yeah. You know, it's it's... Oh, there is so much good news out there. If you look for it, yeah. and that's that's all I've all I do is just put good news. I'm not stupid enough to know that there's not terrible things happening too. Yeah. But my goodness, let's 
let's let's give it a break. We don't need to hear it all the time, do we? No, I think we need a break from it. Yeah. 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 And we need positivity in life. Otherwise, what do we have? If there's no positivity, what is there? Because there is so much positive. I mean, think about the amount of people that have got closer in lockdown. You know, even with distance now, I know Zoom, everybody is completely Zoomed out. But people, families have got closer um, with one another through actually linking on on Zoom or neighbours coming all out to clap on a Thursday night, actually getting to talk to each other or even just giving each other a wave, which they might not have done before. There's so much that has been brought together through everyone being torn apart, isn't there? You know, B's sister lives in Holland, so we've got family in Holland. My sister and her uh, daughter live in France. Yeah. And we've got two WhatsApp sites. Yeah, um, we sat for about an hour and a quarter talking to our my niece and nephew in France. Mm. Yeah, and, and I've seen them more in the last five months than I've seen them in the last two years. Yeah. So, and that's the, the beauty of this mm. technology is that we can be close, can't yeah. we? You know, that's, that's a, a fantastic thing. Yeah. So you're teaching now as it, you've now retired. Yes. And that is, that's that. Well, I'm, I do people a favour. So I did a, a, a Zoom class for, for Dina. Oh, really? And I'm doing um, a Zoom class for, for Belinda in, in a, a week's time, a teacher training day. She wants me to teach Marichiasna uh, Mari, uh, A and C. Yeah. So I should teach that on it. So, But I, I, I'm very happy to do it. But I just love the, the, the closeness, the, the, the contact with people, you know. Yeah. I'm talking a lot and I can talk, you know, but I feel like Gulliver, mm. you know, because it's, it's t- I'm teaching these tiny people <laughs> from Lilliput. You know, that's no good to me. <laughs> I want someone the same size as me. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it, as well, when you're on Zoom and you've got all these people there on the screen and then everyone just goes one by one at the end and all of a sudden it's like everyone just disappeared. It's so bizarre. Yeah, there's you- no talk at the end. You know, yeah. that's, and I think... If if I were teaching still, I wouldn't do Zoom. I yeah. wouldn't do it because I could say I'm a bit stuck in stuck in the past and extent. But that interaction with people is massively important to me. Mm. It's part of how I teach. Yeah. You know. Yes. I said to be when we'd finished it because I did that DNA thing, and what I suddenly realised is you have to teach it so many times. Mm. See, if I taught it for an hour or so in a class. I would probably have demonstrated it twice. Mm. I was seemed to be demonstrating it all the time because, and at the end, I was absolutely shattered. Yeah. Because people say, you go back to the screen and the little light comes on. They say, can you can you run through that? And yeah. I, was, I finished with Barrett B. I had to lay on the floor. I said, I'm dying, B. <laughs> <laughs> I said, this is supposed to be easy, and it wasn't. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm I'm demonstrating so much more now because normally I could walk around, yeah. talk. Now it's I'm actually got, trying to give the visual as well as the audio for yeah. them, the instructions for them. So it is. You've got to do it over and over again, haven't you? Yeah. And I, I think it's brilliant that people can carry on teaching and that yoga can carry on being yeah. passed on. Yeah. But it's it's not for me. You yeah. know, I'll I'll do it, but. Um, that you know, link that of, link. of the, everyone coming together. Is, is that, missing. That yeah. time. I mean, yeah. I spoke to Zoe on the phone. Zoe and I usually speak once a week and just have a chinwag, you know, and I ask her how things are going. 
And she said, um, yeah, it's fine. She said, I'm really getting used to it. You yeah. know, I've got big screens up. And I, I, I know that that's the way to go. Mm. But... I don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, there's something deep inside me. That it's that that contact as a teacher mm. or as a a passer on of information, as I like to call myself. Passer on of a information. passer on of information that uh, that I miss. You know that I can really feel I can help people. So, yeah. but uh, it is the way it has to go. You know, when COVID's over, I wonder how many people will go back to teaching all classes. I, I just know. I think it's inevitable that it will change. Yeah, I... You know, they'll probably do some COVID and some... COVID? I don't even call them COVID classes. <laughs> oh, no. Classes. It's a new name. <laughs> We've got new COVID. No, I'm fine, thanks, Pete. I'm OK, B. thank you for now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, how could... No yoga, COVID classes, not Zoom even. Oh, <laughs> it's so... It's, it's literally taken over our world. It's taken it, over it is. yoga. <laughs> yeah, it, it is absolutely... It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, so... I do. I think there will be a combination. I asked my students to feed back to me um, last week, had lots of, of, well, actually, everything was brilliantly positive. Um, People did say that they were actually looking forward to the winter, not going out in the cold weather, in the rain, to go to a, a class in the hall and actually just to be in the comfort of their own home. So I think there might be for a lot of people a combination of both. Yeah. We can't kind of just dismiss any interaction because that would just be sad really to lose that but there is also the convenience in a world where we want everything quick and now to just log on to a zoom class get it done and then get on with the day and it benefits that element of of the way the the world world is and the world is um but i have what i've actually done i have a a a check-in like a little drop-in hour where I've opened it up to my students on a Sunday morning and they can log in and they, I, I'm there for the hour. So they can ask me questions. They can say, oh, in the class on that day, I didn't understand that bit. Can you just go through it with me now? So we have the hour where they know they can just talk to me for the hour, ask me questions. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. let's look at it, you on your mat, me on my mat. Let's see if we can figure it out. Because I do know that that talking element's gone because there's that awkwardness on Zoom where somebody starts... And then you think, oh, I won't say anything then. And somebody else starts. And you do get those awkward moments. You do, yeah. That yeah. you don't get in, no. in a normal class. But on the other hand, when I was speaking to Zoe, she was saying that one of the classes, she had seven people from Scotland in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, that's uh, and somebody who's got childcare. Yes. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden, they're halfway through the class and the child cries or needs something, they can get up and walk mm. away. So the, the advantages to it. Are huge. Oh, huge. Mm. But I guess um, it's my lack of youth. No. <laughs> and I can, I still, that bit for me, that, that close contact of, you know, being able to be close to somebody and the sisters is what I would miss. But that's going back to what you said earlier of just that's who you are as a teacher. Yes. And you yeah. can't change it. No, that. you can't change it. So that's although a... you... I suppose you are move. You are moving with things when it's right for you with your WhatsApp group, for your good news stories. Yes, that's true. You yeah. know, that's not to say that you're not, you're against moving on with things. It's just taking what's right for you and what's not, yeah. and accepting that that's the way it is. That, that's, that's exactly the way it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, I just think there's so many people that would still love your teachings. <laughs> Why <laughs> I do you mean, have to, to be retire? Honest, I would. I, I mean, I've said to Bear before. You know, I would. 
I would love to do it, but I, I know what it would do to my body now. And I that's, you, I have to be realistic. Yeah. You know, and then it's just being sent. And all of a sudden, you know, there is, I have to think, am I doing it for, for me or am I doing it for them? Yes. And that's the thing. I have to be doing it for them, not for me. Yeah. So yeah. If, if I'm going to get out on the mat and take a risk, you know, and, and, and think, right, I'm going to suffer. Yeah. And I have to be suffering for, for the students. I can't think, you know, or that won't they think I'm wonderful. Mm. Yeah, that's got to be kicked out the window. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that was, that's, that, I can live with that. So, yeah, Bob's pretty much 99.9% retired, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever look back and think, I wish I got into yoga sooner? No. No, it was no. at the right time. It was the right time for me, yeah. It was uh, all of the things I did before I had to do. Yeah. You know, I think for most people that is the case. You know, I would have had a completely different mindset as a younger man. Yeah. I mean, everything else, you know, I mean, I've played, there are not many sports I haven't had a bash at. Yeah. I've not been very talented at any of them, but I give a, I sort of go to 100% and, and uh, you know. Try. Give everything I can, so. Tennis, squash. I tried golf. Golf is a walk well spoiled. Um, cricket, football, rugby, a boxer's a junior. Wow. Judo. Uh, they're not. I could get by on all of them. I could give you a game. But, yeah. oh, darts, of course, but is that, is that a sport? A sport? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've got. Uh, it sounds like a lot of. Uh, Rather large men throw, <laughs> throw nails at a piece of wood. <laughs> but if they say it's a sport, it's okay. I've yeah, got to if they want sports. it to be a sport, I can live with it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't think of many sports that I, I've not had a bash at at some time. You know, I always give them a, a, a go. What was your favourite? I, I think... Uh, I think it's probably running. Really? Yeah, because I used to do... I ran a lot of half marathons. Yeah. I used to run um, six miles every night and, and uh, 12 and a half miles every weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And there's, there's a joy in, I, think you, I can't explain it. Mm. It's just that a rhythm kind of, a rhythm develops. Yeah. And you begin to roll on. And if you're in a race as well, my, my trick was to look at the heels of somebody as the heel came off of the floor of a runner in front huh. and it, as they ran it would flick up and that's what I would watch I'd be watching their heels and it be... and the knees stopped me doing it in the end uh, but I did like it I did yeah. like it I was I was an all right goalkeeper yeah that interests me because my son is football absolute football crazy um literally lives breathes football I will sometimes find a football in his bed where the football is in oh I'll go in the shower there's a football in the shower <laughs> our life is Football. Who's he support? Um, he supports Manchester United. Um, his, Shucks. He, and Charlton. He likes Charlton. We love the atmosphere that he gets at Charlton. And he plays for Gillingham. So, oh, really? Yeah, oh, so fantastic. He, he supports them because... Um, he is of, of them. Of, of them, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yes, um, it's everything. So hearing that you were a goalkeeper and it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I did, I did, I think it was something about throwing myself in mud that I seem to enjoy okay. doing. Yeah. So it was great. I never really wanted to go and play out on the, in the field. Ah. But I, I just absolutely loved, you know, you know, the, and um, I, when I was, I think I was about 
16, I trained with the then uh, Welsh goalkeeper, a guy called Vic Rouse. You won't have known him, but he was the Wales international goalie. Oh. And he, you know, he's one of those guys. It wasn't just me. There yeah. were sort of 20 or 30 of us. Yeah. But gave you just little tips, you know, things to do that you picked up and used. So, yeah, it's, um, I, I still love mucking about with the ball. Yeah. You know, even now. You Who know, do you so support? Spurs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, my dad took me when I was seven. So, so I, I remember going to Tottenham at White Hart Lane with my dad when I was seven. Yeah. And I used to go in as a half. So it would be one, there was no such thing as halves. It would be one and a half, Bob jump over the gate. <laughs> so the bloke behind the counter would pocket the half. Oh, I see. And I'd go in over and it didn't click the turnstile. <laughs> so I, I think it, was, it wasn't a lot of money to get in, no. but it was a lot of money then. Yeah. And I've stayed with them ever since. You know, we don't win much, but, you know, I always felt, well, that's my first club. Yeah. So I'll stick with them, yeah. <clears throat> wow. So if you were to give people now, practitioners, someone who's given yoga a go or even someone who's been doing yoga and is a dedicated, serious yogi, if you could give them one piece of advice, what do you think that would be? The Kalama Sutra. Okay. Because I thought you might ask. Ah, did you? Let's go for it. It's... It's, a, it's, it's seven lines of thing from the Buddha. Okay. And it, it's called the Kalama Sutra and it's called Do Not Believe. Shall I read it? Please do. I'd love you to. Do not believe on the strength of traditions, even if they have been held in honour for many generations and in many places. Do not believe anything because many people speak of it. Do not believe on the strength of sagas of old times. Do not believe that you that which you yourself imagined, thinking a god has inspired you. Believe nothing which depends only on the authority of your masters or priests. After investigation, believe that which you yourself have tested and found reasonable and is for your good and that of others. That's the advice I would give to any yogi. Yeah. The Buddha's Kalama Sutra. Would you like that? Sums it up. If you'd be so kind, I would love that. Absolutely. There's two copies on there. Thank you so much. I know who I'm going to be sharing. There's one particular person I'm going to share this with this afternoon. Yeah, it's so true. I suppose that's like you were saying. People say what to do to do this. This is what you've been told because they were taught that and it goes back to somewhere of an yeah. original. And actually, it's until you find your way, your take on it, that's then what you believe to be true. Yeah, there's, there's a lovely saying, it's kind of, um, it, I, I think it's, is it the Bhagavad Gita? I'm not sure. Where the sage is speaking to, uh, to somebody and he says, if you're looking for water, do not go around digging shallow holes because you'll never find any. Yeah. So I take that and I say, but don't dig so deep that you get so deep into the hole that the only light that you can see is the bloke who's telling you. Yeah. It's got to be your light. Yeah. Honestly, it's so... It's, it's so true, yet refreshing, to hear you actually say that because it almost gives everybody permission to ask the questions. Yeah, absolutely. And you feel like that's OK to do that. It's OK to, you know, to think... Actually, I don't want to do it this way. I want to do it my way, you know? Um, oh, that's so brilliant. I remember Billy Connolly saying when somebody told him this is what it's all about, and his reply was, 
Oh, is that all right then? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a question. Yoga is a question. If, if yogas are not a question, then you've missed the point of the exercise. Yeah. And then it's a whole journey of discovery of the questions. Yeah. So yeah. it's how we behave mm -hmm. personally. How do you behave personally? Mm -hmm. How do you behave in relationship to others? It's mm -hmm. the first two, yama and niyama. What's your body like? Mm -hmm. What's your breath like? Mm -hmm. What's your concentration like? Mm. How is your attitude to humanity? And then suddenly you get to seven and eight concentration, mm. dharana and dhyana. Yeah. And now you're looking at the journey up here and that's the tough one. Yeah. yeah. So just because I don't do yoga asana like I used to, Definitely. I muck about, am I less a yogi? No. I've just found another journey I'm looking. You're on a different stage. Yeah. Because the, the, the yoga asana has told me, Bob, your body's at it. But it's also <laughs> brought you to this part. Absolutely. I mean, I've been sitting comfortably yeah. here for, I don't know how long we've been going, but... Yeah, I have no idea, actually. About an hour, I think. Is it really? Yeah. Long... You know, we said about a teacher who went to meditate and he normally comes <laughs> in for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. This is now us. Yeah. So <laughs> the time you, flies. You know, that's... So it's it is this journey, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm I should be on it until I pop my clogs. Yeah, you know, if I don't learn something new about myself every day, I should be immensely disappointed. Yeah, and yeah. about the world I live in. Yeah, yeah. And if people want to listen to some of the things I've got to say, I'll take some of the. I mean, Belinda, who's putting together a short course, she said, "Have you ever put together a short course?" And I said, "Yeah, I, I put one called um, Yoga." an overview or a, a yoga review. Yeah. And I just did it over three days to introduce people to yoga. No asanas, mm. no practice. Mm. We just talked about yoga for three days and the, mm. the limbs. And I think it sort of inspired her to have a bash at perhaps, you know. Yeah. But I just sent her everything. Oh, wow. So on about, it had to go on about eight emails because there's so much of it, the yeah. paperwork, because it's all worksheets. I just sent it to her. What use is it to, what's good is it on my computer? Useless. Mm. Yeah. What use is that in my my folder? I think this will ring true to a lot of people. I uh, hope so. I really do. And this is something that I will take with me, actually. Um, and remember in our chat today, this will be definitely something that I will remind myself of as well. And that we should ask questions. You've got to. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if, there are limits to questions as well. Yeah. For example... It's not wise to ask a question and test how to wire an electric plug up. Yeah. Red goes to live, blue goes to, brown goes to. That's, that's sensible. Don't, don't think I'm going to experiment and see if I can do it another way. Mm -hmm. yeah. But what you plug it into, what tool that, that electricity goes to, is very different. Mm. So if I was to to bees iron and in there and try to cut a piece of wood, I'd be in terrible trouble. And yet it's the same electric, it's the same plug, yeah. but it's that, that inquiry bit, yeah, that's the plug. That's sensible to put it together like that. Mm. But what comes out the other end of it, what I do with it is, is what I believe yoga is about. Yeah. Is the power source, electricity in the wall. Yeah. What am I going to actually do with that? Bee cooks the dinner, I make bits of wood. Yeah. They're very different, but both use the electricity. It's very true. Yeah. Mm. And if you were to finish the sentence, yoga gives me... Peace. Yeah. Yeah, if, if I could 
I could pick one word, it had to be peace. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how yoga gives everybody so much of a different, gives everybody something different. Everybody has a different answer to that. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's made me a better mum. But I suppose in a way that would link to your answer of peace because it's, it's made me calmer and more patient, more peaceful maybe. So maybe the answers are all linked. We've just got a different approach. You've got them. to find the own approach. I mean, th- don't get me wrong, I still get furious with things. You yeah. know, I mean, when I read things online, I get, I get furious. And it's not a lot of peaceful in me when that's going on. But just that, that underlying, that ability... Because I think peace is, they call it peace and quiet, don't they? Yeah. So for me, peace, it just allows me to reflect, just to stop for a minute and take a breath. And it might, that breath might take 24 hours or longer. But it's that, that, that quiet space that you can sit in. So that's the end of the first episode that we have with Bob. Before next week, we carry on and listen to lots more of his knowledge, opinions and take on various parts of yoga. I loved the episode and I hope that you did too. And I'm really looking forward to sharing episode six with you next week. So have a great week and I'll see you next Monday morning on Yogi Breakfast Club. Bye.